0: So we've got a king on the throne with a heart to build a house for the name of the lord we've got a city where god has chosen to put his name he wants his house to be there and we've got david who did all kinds of work to help get everything ready for his son solomon to actually build the house and then it happens. The people are with Solomon. Their hearts are in this task to build the house. And Solomon gets help from others and he does it. He builds the house for the name of the Lord in the city of God, in the city of Jerusalem. And by 1 Kings chapter 8, everything is ready. And now it's time to dedicate the temple to the Lord. And they're going to bring in one special piece of furniture, the Ark of the Lord into the house of God. They're offering sacrifices, the people are gathered, the priests are gathered, and the Ark of the Lord is brought into the temple, into the Holy of Holies, where it will represent God's presence in the holiest place in the temple behind the curtain. And then the priests come out of the temple in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 10. Says, and when the priest came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord. God is filling up his temple with his presence and his power and his beauty so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of of the Lord. And, that, and what does that remind you of? Can you hear it? Can you, can you picture it? That reminds you of the day when God filled up the tent at the end of Exodus with his own glory. And even Moses couldn't stand that day in the house of the Lord. God took center stage and now the same thing happens with the temple in Jerusalem. God fills up the house with his glory so the priests can't even stand before the Lord and the people see God's presence filling God's place so that he can dwell among his people and it's this incredible day and then and then verse 12 Solomon starts to speak and he starts to lead the people and to, and to pray for this place and he, he blesses the Lord, he blesses the people, and he prays. And the prayer of Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 8 shows you that Solomon knows God. He understands God. He's, he seems like he's been a man who's been soaking in the scriptures so that he could get to know God. He understands the human heart. He understands the mercy of God and he knows what God wants to do. Through this place. And so, so Solomon, if you read the whole chapter, you'll be so blessed for it. But, but Solomon understands even that this house cannot really contain God. For example, he, he says in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 27 in this prayer, but will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built, yet have regard to the prayer of your servant and to his plea. O oh Lord my God, listening to the cry and to the prayer that your servant prays before you this day, that your eyes may be open night and day toward this house, the place of which you said, my name shall be there, that you may listen to the prayer and then he says in verse 30, and this is kind of gives you a feel for the whole prayer. And listen to the to the plea of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place. And listen in heaven, your dwelling place. And when you hear, forgive. And this is Solomon's prayer throughout 1 Kings 8, is that God's eyes and his ears will always be open in this place. And when people in their sins look down to God and look to him in this place, oh God, would you listen? Listen to me this day, he asks, and listen to your people for the years to come. And then even down, for example, in 1 Kings 8, verse 38, he says, Whatever prayer, whatever plea is made by any man or by all your people Israel, each knowing the affliction of his own heart and stretching out his hands toward this place, oh God, here in heaven, dwelling place. In heaven, your dwelling place. But this place represents God. God's presence. And he says, and and forgive and act and render to each whose heart you know, according to all his ways. For you, you only know the hearts of all the children of mankind, that they may fear you all the days that they live in the land that you gave to our fathers. And then Solomon starts to pray for the foreigners. Verse 41, likewise, When a foreigner who's not of your people, Israel, comes from a far country for your name's sake, because they'll hear of your great name and of your mighty hand and of your outstretched arm. And when they come and they pray to you, when the Gentiles come and and pray, O Lord, open your ears to their cries, verse 43, so that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you as do your people Israel and that they may know that this house that I have built is called by your name and the prayer goes on and on like this and then Solomon concludes the prayer he offers a blessing for the people and they offer thousands and thousands of animals this day in sacrifice to the Lord and the people feast and it's one of the greatest moments ever God has taken up his residence with a redeemed people in a land that he has given them. And the king loves the Lord. And he knows God. And he knows the human heart. And he offers a prayer, not just for Israel, but for all the nations, that they will hear and be drawn to God. And that God would just open his ears and his eyes to the prayers of the people. We think this has got to be one of the greatest moments in the history of the world. And then you come into 1 Kings chapter 9. As soon as Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord, verse 2, the Lord appeared to Solomon a second time. God graciously had appeared to him. The first time and now the Lord appears to him a second time and assures him, 1 Kings 9 verse 3, I have heard your prayer which you've made. I have consecrated this house by putting my name there. My eyes and my heart will be there for all time. And then 1 Kings chapter 9 verse 4, God says again like he did back in 1 Kings 3, And as for you, Solomon, if you will walk before me as David, your father, walked, if you'll keep my statutes and my rules, I will bless you. I will establish your royal throne forever. But verse 6, notice the warning. But if you turn aside from following me, And if you don't follow my statutes, and if you turn to worship other gods, then I will cut off Israel from the land. And this house that I have consecrated, this is in 1 Kings 9, 7, right after the prayer of dedication for this house, God warns Solomon, if you turn to other gods, I will destroy this house. I will cast it out of my sight. Israel will become a a mocking kind of word for the peoples, a a people that are are mocked and despised. And this house, verse 8, will become a heap of ruins. And people will ask one day if that happens, why did God abandon the house? And, And they will say, because they abandoned the Lord who brought them out of Egypt. That's why God has brought on the disaster. And I just want you to to feel the tension. I mean, this has been the greatest, this glorious day when God fills up the temple and he tells Solomon, I have heard your prayer. This house, I've set it apart for you and for all peoples to be able to draw near to me. But you listen to me. If you turn away from me to other gods, This nation is going to be kicked out of the land, and this house will become a heap of ruins. And we feel again the kind of tension that we felt when we were back in the Garden of Eden, and God said, Everything here is for your good. I've blessed you, but don't eat of that one tree. And then we wonder, will they or won't they? There's the threat of exile, of death. And now here they are hundreds and thousands of years later and everything seems to be as good as it possibly could be. And God says, if you'll just keep obeying, I will bless. But if you don't, if you turn your heart to other gods, you're going to be exiled. And even this very house that I've set apart is going to fall to the ground. What do you think? the end of Solomon's life is going to look like on the other side of the second appearance of God to him. Do you think it'll look the same as the first part of his life?